Hello. Um, welcome to Take the L Podcast, where we are focusing over on, ugh, but it's fine. I'm not editing that out. Uh, lessons over loss. And um, we have my friend, Abdul here. Dula. What do you want me to call you on this podcast? Abdul, Dula, anything you want to call me. Okay, I'm going to call you Dula because it feels... I say outside. Abdul. Call me regular. Call me outside. Call <laughs> <Yo>. me regular. <laughs> First of all, Abdul, you really been outside. You really had me in Dumbo House on a Thursday last week. We had a good time, though. We did until I it slipped out. I was time. just... It got real... You snuck out. I don't even remember when you left. I said goodbye. Don't do you that. You had like what? Shirley Temple? I had... No, I have my mocktail, which is <laughs> a ginger beer, seltzer, and lime. It makes me feel like a Moscow mule without the... It was a good the time. Moscow. It was a good time, though. It was. It was fun. It, it was, was like a little reunion. It day. And it felt like a Friday. It I felt like a Friday. I forgot they had to work the next day. I mean, I ain't got no job, so. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a job, technically. I work yeah. for myself. So, it's every day is Friday if I want it to be. I love that for you. You deserve that. I'm still working on getting used to that. Yeah, uh, I wish I had that problem. <laughs> well, you. Well, that's the point. We're here for you. Every not day me. is like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Damn. Thursday, Friday. That's how. No, you was outside. The other, I had a good the time other days felt like a Friday for you. Yeah, it felt like an off day. It was yeah, a good you, time to be. I was like with family. I was with friends. Okay, so we are gonna start with icebreakers. I told you this. All right, right, let's do that. All right. So the first icebreaker, I feel like it's easy because mm-hmm. it's all music related. I had to switch up the usual questions, um, but. What Afrobeats artists do you feel like right now is up and coming and you want to put people on to? Asha K. Okay. You think he's up and coming? I feel like mad people know about him. Yeah, but he's not... He, 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 I mean, mad people know about him, but not enough people know about him. Okay. He's that guy. I feel like maybe I know about him because of you, though. He's that guy. I would say him. Um, I have a few. Uh, I would say Stoneboy. Mm-hmm. Stoneboy is also that guy, you know, pure... Talented artist. He's very nice. Too. Killing it. Very nice guy. Always willing to work. Working hard. Killing it. Doing a lot of collabs all, all over the world. And I'll say Black Sheriff. Black Sheriff is dope. Young rapper from Ghana. Is very hungry. You know his songs have been going crazy. He's done a lot of collabs. I feel like that's a one lot person of recognition. I don't know. Yeah, Black Sheriff is dope. He does a lot of drill type music. Uh, but his, he's going crazy right now. He's also really really dope. Okay. And then Jackie. You know, I can keep going though because I, about to say, you, I, I love all of them. Jackie is also one of my favorite artists. Um, she's dope. Ira Star. You know, there's just amazing so many artists that are up and coming that are just killing the game right now. I'm about to say you're the expert, so you can tell us <laughs> yeah. at this point. You are officially the expert. They're dope. They're dope. They're very, very dope. I mean, there's just so many amazing artists uh coming from all over Africa. Okay. So the next one's harder. I don't know if you've ever, I don't know if I've ever asked you this. Mm-hmm. What are your top three R and B albums in your lifetime? From April third, how old are you? I don't remember your year you were born, but April third when you were born <laughs> to uh, now. Top three R and B albums. My goodness. All right, so this is not fair because like I've listened to singles from the you know from the eighties and from the from the nineties, but I don't know if I would listen to full albums where I can like. But I definitely have a lot of albums in the 2000s that I can pick from. Okay. So I'm going to give her a bunch of albums from the 2000s. I'm going to say, mm-hmm. um, obviously, Usher is at the top. You think I'm going to say Confessions, but I, I'm, say an 8701. <laughs> I'm an 8701. It's the only other acceptable answer other than the Confessions, yeah. but 8701. 8701. Confessions is there for me. One of my favorite albums. Um, uh, so the uh, 112's album, 
with Peaches and Cream was on the album. I forgot the name of the title of the album. That shit came out when you were five. One twelve. <laughs> One twelve. That album was with Peaches and Cream and Anywhere. And Cream. Anywhere. That's one of my favorite albums. You were you were five. It, I mean, I listened to it in the 2000s. I was in sixth grade. I listened to it in the no, 2000s. No, I'm lying. I was in probably eighth. Yeah. I listened to it Okay. in the 2000s. When I came back from Ghana, Peaches and Cream was going <laughs> we crazy. We had no business listening to fucking Peaches and Cream. It was going crazy, but it used to be like a shake song. So, like, you know, my little brothers used to get crazy to it, shaking on the block. Yeah. So, it Damn, just made me listen to the album. Shake for real. Right. And then it kind of had me anticipate their next album. Um... I forgot the name of the album. I don't remember the names of the album. It's not Room 112. Um, is it? It's not Room... Which, which one is it? Look at me. <laughs> I'm um, A&R, nigga. Like, just... <laughs> I should have been a music and, uh, executive. There are, few, there are a few that that I can't name. There's a few you can't name. I oh. can't name. But I, I would also say Chris Brown's Chris Brown's first album. Chris Brown's first... Yo, people do not yeah, give I was, enough credit. I knew Poppin that tracks. on that shit. I still listen Poppin, to Poppin. Poppin, Your Man Ain't Me. Your Man when, uh, Ain't Me. That was crazy, son. That was when you was thought you was in love in high school. Well, I was in college <laughs> when that shit came out. I was in high school. Yeah, that's what I said. That's why when you said Peaches and Cream, I'm yeah, like, peaches and cream. you were five. But, you know, you used to have a beat. You could shake to it. Yeah, I guess because I'm actually knowing the lyrics yeah. now as an adult. As a, I mean, was it? I mean, I wasn't listening to it like that back then. I mean, I, I was because I was. I feel like I was old enough to know what's going on. I didn't know what was going on. Also, but we knew that you now, could shake to it. Now that I think about <laughs> it, if y'all put in peaches and cream on your girl's uh, vagina, please don't. They wildin'. They y'all are wildin', wildin' the fuck out. You know what I mean? Keep it clean out there. Yeah, that shit. That shit cause problems. Anyway, <laughs> last song. Last question. What song can you sing, rap, perform, bar for bar, perfectly, no issues? I was going to say a million dollars, but you rich, so um, <laughs> like 10 million. I just want to love you, Jay-Z. Really? Yo, I will say, other than I think Bridget, I didn't ask Bridget this question, actually. Everybody has picked a Jay-Z song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on. Jay got a lesson for everything. He got a word for everything. Mm -hmm. So, you know, um, a lot of us... I listen to it all the time. I really wanted I, I, the, uh, you know a reset is always reasonable doubt for me. Oh, of course. Yeah. I really wanted a J clip as an intro to here, but you know that nigga would have got me out off of YouTube very quickly. Yeah, he would have got me out the paint. Them IP issues. <laughs> <laughs> I barely. Yo, you got remember the, when he took all his albums off of Apple Music? It was because he launched Title. Title. And yeah. we I'm sick. still. I'm still. On, I mean, I, I signed up. I, I'm a J fan. We all signed up for the title. What was he going to do? How was we not going to listen to... We wasn't going to listen to Jay-Z. Beyonce, still too. And I'm still paying for three services. Bad vibes. That's how I know you. That's why I, that's why I upped the number from one million to ten, because that's some nah, rich nah, nigga nah. shit. God willing. We're going to thank God. We're going to We're gonna claim I it. I just... Listen. I just keep canceling my Apple Music free trial every time. And they give me a new one every few months. Oh, really? Yeah. So oh, I just nah, go nah, back nah, when nah, they do. No, 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 no. I can't do that. I pay for it. I have Spotify. Shout out to Apple Music. They show love. They sure love. I believe it. Because <laughs> <laughs> me, though, I don't got it. I'm, I work for myself again. I, I mean, got you can do the family, but you do the, um, you know, you that, don't got your temple You don't got your temple ID card? No, I lost that shit before I even graduated. <laughs> I yeah, you got to have at least one. You I need was, a temple ID no, card. No, I cannot find that shit at all. But do you think I've looked high and low? You really can't find it? I, can, I am sick. I've always, like, found old ones. So now I have, like, more than one of my college My homeboy works at a college. I'm not going to put him out there. My homeboy works at a college, and he set me up with a school email so I can get some discounts for a while. There it is. But I expired, and I forgot the password. No, no. I, might need I mean, I don't even think they need you to, like, 
like have the password. You no, just got... a lot of times they want you to register with your email and they send a confirmation email. Okay, okay, Trust okay. me, I tried. I mean, I, my Facebook is <laughs> still like me, my I college tried. email and stuff like that. You still have your college email? I mean, Temple shut my shit down. I don't, I don't, I can't log in. I try to because certain things are tied to my college email, which I don't, I didn't know better back then. Yeah, I got a Gmail because my homegirl told me to get one. She really? Was, she was mad smart. She I knew all the new shit. Got, like, I was like, a Google mail? Google mail. I have, I have AOL. You had a Yahoo mail too? <laughs> yeah. Yahoo. Some people still got their Yahoo emails. My mother still has AOL. Really? Yeah, every time she emails me, I tell her stop spamming me. My dad had an AOL. She, no. I we had to dial up the whole thing. Sharon has AOL still. Still? Currently. And Is I the user, user interface good? No, she don't know. Oh, yeah, <laughs> she don't know that shit. She only checked the shit from her phone. Oh wow. She don't. Hey, oh, wow. That was a good time. Yeah, it was. What was your handle? <laughs> <laughs> it was she caramel eighty five. Oh, okay, okay. And my ex, my other one. It was BX blood at oh three. <laughs> <laughs> BX blood. <laughs> Yo man, I used those to be good in times. the blood. You was in the chat rooms. I was in the. Blood uh, chat rooms. I only dated Bloods when I was growing up. Yeah, nah, I stayed away from them. I ain't wear red. Not me. Blue. Clearly, I I've changed my life though, y'all. Shout out to I know. Shout out to God's grace and discernment. I remember when I started wearing red comfortably and didn't <laughs> care. I was like, yo, it's really different nowadays. <laughs> in college, right? I was. It has know, to be college. Like for me in high school, you know, in high school I went to Walton, so I mean, I was in school in Walton, so it was like all around me. Nah, what you call it? When I went to college, I graduated '07. No, I'm lying. I graduated high school in 03. Mm-hmm. Niggas was still very much outside. Like, we still did not go Loose. on the block on Halloween because 03 one, like, yeah, you couldn't the go only outside. reason I was fine is because I dated all the bloods. So. Yeah, you can't go outside. You know, that was all part of it. They didn't sell eggs. Yeah, People can buy eggs nowadays in Halloween. You, my grandfather literally switched his car because he had a red Pontiac Firebird, and I remember they slashed his tires one year, and then he said, never again, and got himself a black fucking Buick. Yeah, man. Those are times. New York is very different. New York has I'm proud of New York, I guess. Are you? Because when I was young, it was kind of, it was really bad. It was dangerous. It was dangerous, but I feel like- Like, you felt weird about going to certain places. I don't feel like that about going anywhere in New York nowadays. But I kind of- <laughs> It sounds very toxic. I kind of miss that. Like there was, like, <laughs> <laughs> there was like a love. There was like a badge of honor that you survived yeah. that shit in New York. So like, if you like, I think that's why everybody wherever New York is going to be like, yo, I'm from New York. Yeah, Relax. like you were good in the streets. You had like a certain level of street yeah. smart that other cities did not have. And then like, you knew people. Like people, people ask us all the time. Like, how did I meet you? I'm like. The streets, like I, we was just outside. We were outside. Like people are outside. I'm sure it was at Opal. No, it was before Opal. I feel like. Oh yeah, it's true. I when, feel when like you used to rent, when you used to have a hotel plug. So <laughs> <laughs> no, why you put all my business? Out. Anyway, this is Abdul's interview. Let's <laughs> let's focus because now you put right, up my cool. business in the street. My bad. <laughs> okay. I did have a hotel plug. That we used to be outside. Big one. Wow. Hotel was fly. What a time. What do people do nowadays? I always ask that question. What I don't know, man. I don't feel like they that. They're going, they going to some parties. I mean, nowadays people. I mean, now first Saturdays is like all year round now, kind of like right. Yeah, I no, they brought it back. It wasn't there in January, but I think February came back for Black yeah, History Month. I, I don't that, know when it stopped. You know, but, but it used to be like a certain time, like period. They didn't do it. It would only whatever. be summers. Summers from like May like to September. So that's new. I mean, you know, people have like a lot of bars and. Brooklyn, apparently. I can't keep going to Brooklyn. And nowadays, everybody is in, like, one of the membership houses. I've been going up to Westchester. They be, like, in the, the Soho houses or, like, 
the I cannot go to Dumbo House every time I need a drink. I can't drive to Last Lap every time. I, yo, people, somebody hit me up yesterday. I hope, TJ hit me up yesterday. He was like, yo. It was fun. I was there. Shout out to me not going because my old joint was in there. I'm, we should have went, though. Was I was going to go, but TJ told me at 4.15 that they're they meeting at 5. They ran it up. And I'm like. They had a lot of blackbirds in there. DZ was there. I would have loved to have gone. My my hair was dry. I I was doing work. I had a to meeting be fair, at five. I was already outside. I forgot to. But he I had, me like, he told me at four fifteen, and I had a meeting at five. You could have made it. They was there till like around ten. Like, I was sleeping. I ain't gonna go job. Anyway, let's mm-hmm. focus back. So okay, we this. never. I never actually asked you to intro yourself. Okay. Who is Abdul? Like, if you could say who you are, not your professional bio, just you as a person. Who is Abdul? Oh, um. Abdul is just a cool kid from the Bronx, from Accra, you know, living, family life, good life, fun life. Just try to, like, live my life to the fullest. Just to do, trying to live his life to the fullest. You really do. I try to, whenever and I can. You, you really do stay positive, and you even, you be yelling at me to just get shit done. Yeah, I mean, I just think that, you know, I, I don't know, since I was a kid, I always felt like if you could get it done, then you have more time to, like, relax. At least that's what I thought. That's how I, don't know. That I might need like to reassess that. A foreign parent talking. Like, mm-hmm. if you do it now, you can have time later. Yeah, that's how I always thought. I always used to do that. I used to be like that in class when I was a kid, finish my work, and then I just play, you know, Not talk. Me. I was always a procrastinator because yeah. I could do it so quick. I just knocked that shit out right before class. I'm, I procrastinate too, but I, I'm, I always want to, I'd rather have more free time. So I'd rather just get it all done so that I can, like, time my free time i always i always want i guess i always in hindsight i could say i always want to control my time like what i wanted to do and most times when you procrastinate sometimes you can't control what you have to do when you have to do yeah, it and that should cause anxiety it does you know i, know. I can't you know and when you try to do multiple things it's yeah. hard to do it when you're procrastinating when, and you running all this shit that you do with anxiety as procrastinating and giving yourself extra anxiety, that shit is no bueno. Yeah, yeah. I just am. That's a recipe for disaster. Clearly, I'm just a terrible person. Nah, nah, that. nah. You, 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 you doing well? I'm doing better. Look at the background. We live in plush right now. <laughs> no, we live in. This red. is not mine. This is. I mean, shout out to PVA this is, Studios. This is, this is still your setting. Like, yes, we're no. in your space. You know, Ty's been holding us down for. Damn, Ty's been holding me down for a minute. Because the first time I met Ty was mm-hmm. 2016. When I did it, I was a guest on a podcast when I came okay. here, when I was living up the block. Yeah, this is what you do. It, I've been doing I'm it for a little bit. I'm excited for you. Very proud of you, man. Oh. I've seen you do it, and you always do it amazing. And you, you don't you don't look like you never did it before. You always do it well. So Thank shout you. out to you. This is a, There's always a part in the podcast, because all of y'all are my friends, where y'all have this moment where y'all start telling me you're proud of me. And yeah. I'm like... Trying to fight back tears because I got on lashes. Proud of you, man. The lashes is lashing. Thank too. you, but I don't they want lash. them to. I don't want them to be on my cheek like a caterpillar because I started crying. Oh man. Okay, so you a cool kid from the Bronx. Yeah. Um, try to be. And you are also the CEO of Afro Future. Yep. Formerly Afrochella. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna call it Afro Future from here on out. So y'all at home, please do not act confused when you hear this shit. Mm. You know what the fuck I'm talking about. Thank you. <laughs> um, so. I think everybody knows that Afro Future is a music festival based on Ghana. Yeah, we're but a cultural festival. Cultural. You don't call it a music festival. No, I think a lot of people call it a music festival, but it really is a cultural festival. I mean, because it's a it's way it a more music, than music. You're right. Yeah, it's definitely made more than music, and you know, it's it's an opportunity for us to kind of experience all of the things that we're trying to, 
share with people at the same time. Music is a big component of it because, mm-hmm. you know, everybody loves the cherry at the top. It makes it look very, very pretty. But the food, the art, the fashion is just as important. Like, yeah. you know, the fact that people dress up in the theme and come out to show themselves and feel free and they have a great time, take pictures with their friends, Yo, connect really with people. You know, that's a very big part of it. And I don't want to ever downplay that. That's like their participation of the design no, it, space. Even um, Tania, when she did the... The piece was it for Essence, Tanil? Yeah, yeah. When it was she, it was Essence. She did it for right. Yes, I, I mean I messed so. it up. Sorry, I'm if I'm messing up your bag. She did. She features so many like gorgeous just outfits. I was like blown away because you know you see yeah. it on Instagram. Absolutely. But like the ones she captured and the ones that were captured in that article, that shit people go all out. People go all out, and it's like they look forward to it, and that drives me to like go harder and go better because like. They're really putting their love into expressing themselves, okay. you know, and that's 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 a big part of it, you know, just as much as the music is a big part of it too. So I want to give the backstory because mm-hmm. now you already clarified it was a music, uh, cultural festival. Mm-hmm. So clearly, I'm one of your good friends, and mm-hmm. I I fucked it up and called it the nah, wrong nah, thing. You didn't, fuck, you didn't mess it up. I think that you know, I, you know, music leads. So because mm-hmm. music leads, a lot of people think that this is what it is. But I think that what you get from Afro Future that you don't get from other from music festivals is like the cultural component that comes with the experience of having the food there the art installations mm-hmm. there and also the fashion component of it you know it's not just come watch a show and leave it's really just kind of immerse yourself in the art the stories that are being told in the space all of that is a big part of um, the experience and that's why you can't get it anywhere else you really can't mm-hmm. you are the only i'm gonna say this i have never missed a new year's with my family mm-hmm. and all of my big 38 years of living the only time i have missed new year's bringing new year's in with my family is to go support you and i Thank took you. my dumb ass to God by yeah. myself on a plane you was turning up in that pbo new year's Eve party yo it was i, it was I told myself it was my birthday party so it that's was. why i just it was my 35th i was we about to be 35 you had, had a blast and i'm glad i did because covid hit literally that year all of us was out there. i I think I had COVID. Actually, I think I caught COVID when I went to Istanbul. Yeah, we all. I think everybody caught COVID because I didn't. I, I never caught COVID. Remember, we was the calling period. it the Ghana flu in the group Sorry, chat. The everybody had the flu, and we everybody. were like, no, "What's wrong?" But I think I got it in Istanbul because oh. when I landed, I started to feel a little off. But I'm like, you know, the Hennessy gonna cure this. Then I kept thinking I was hungover because I couldn't taste anything. Wow. I was drink. I was drinking beer and fries to like cure the hangover, but. I mean, for happening. me to push through like I did with COVID, I mean, I was in Twist outside, yeah, so. You was outside in Twist. Yeah, twist. I was outside in Twist. I was, Shout out to FM. <laughs> yo, Polo Beach Club's still my favorite. Polo Beach Club went crazy this year, too. Last I was year. like, yo, I could really be sitting at the edge of a pool mm-hmm. listening to music with fireworks and a bottle of champagne. Yep, and then and, the sun come up on fit. the beach. Mm-hmm. Wow. And I, some kebab. I don't know. Yo, the kebab. I ain't going with y'all. <laughs> the kebabs was hitting. The kebabs go crazy. The kebabs go crazy. That's it my was, favorite thing. That's one of my favorite like street 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 meats. And I was always nervous because I I don't even eat street meat in New York. I've never had halal. Yeah, but I think it's safe because it comes right off the fire. So if it's cold, you can't have it. I feel like nah, I'd be nervous. The only street things I've ever had is in the West Indies. Mm-hmm. And like so, yeah, if, like a little bacon if, shock. If in New York, the halal niggas. I can say niggas. Yo, can we go get some like bacon shark though sometime soon? Yes, we can. Absolutely. I need that energy in my life. I'm trying to figure out where New York has bacon shark that's yeah. actually fire. We need some of that. If y'all in my know, life. please tell us. Yeah. Um, P- put me on. I will because I need doubles too. Oh, the only place I'm assuming it would be Queens because you know 
Queens. All the Trinity and Guyanese people is out there. Looking for a good bashment. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I was about to be like Rum Punch Brunch, but we about to go on a tangent. Oh man, shout out to Rum Punch. Yo, shout out to Rum Punch. Shout out. I missed those. I missed that time. Yo, we had Not some even, really right? good. The but, back I mean, barbecues. they still throw parties, and their fire parties are still good. Mm-hmm. Like, but I missed the time where we were just. It was Prana. It was Sweet Thirty Six. PS Four Fifty. It you was call, Opal. You calling? Honey like Lounge. Classic traffic. traffic Yo, even traffic had a traffic. Run. Copia Tur- had a run. Turtle had Bay. Run. Turtle Bay was Opal time. is a Rosa Mexicana right and now. And it kinda allowed all of that stuff to just kind of flourish. No, we also we also probably destroyed it. We were probably actually the problem. I don't know. I feel like we was always good. We was always good. And our friends were good bartenders. <laughs> oh yeah. They were good bartenders. However, you, you bartended sometimes. <laughs> I did. That was back in the day. But there was also a 50-person brawl outside of Opal in the middle of the intersection. Yeah. Like, we Come on. We don't want to talk about the negativity. <laughs> that did not happen. I erased that from my memory. Yeah. <laughs> not the negativity. You don't got to bring that up, son. Were you, I don't even think you were there that night. Nope, I was not. Thank you, God. Yes. See, I know how to pick the nights. You do. I know how to pick I the I literally nights. left a date. And met them there. The date ended earlier. We actually had a great time, yeah. and I was like, "Nah, I'm gonna leave." Well, I early. did see like one, one, one little scuffle at uh, a little scuffle. <laughs> at uh, at uh, I tell you offline, it was a good scuffle over there. It was funny, and Yo, I was like, "This scuff- is the night." Yo, because the thing is, a uh, uh, fights are actually really funny. It, like people be nervous. I'm like, fights are hilarious to me because people don't never fight like you see on TV. It's mm-hmm. always mad erratic. It's always and- mad like crazy how it starts yeah and you be like yo we and it's always me who never thought who thought everybody was joking i'm yeah, like oh y'all, was joking. y'all really like, fighting oh, y'all really fighting yeah you oh, gotta move away okay. sometimes i also do the hood in me also gets out of there very quickly yeah nah. i was an nowadays they be wanting to record it yeah i'd be the escape car i, I used to pull my little ford edge i don't up. even want to see uh, i pull I my ford edge see. up and i leave the door locked Whoever, which I'm home boys come in the car. Mm-hmm. I meet y'all in Harlem. Y'all know where I'm at. See, meet me at, at the uh, time, well, I think I was still in the Bronx. Yeah, meet me at 24 I don't think I had moved to Queens yet. Yeah, yeah, nah. 24 hour seafood. El Puerto was like the after party, there's a fight link up. Like everybody regrouped there and then we would get seafood. Oh, the joint in Harlem one too. Yeah, one twenty five. That was that's a good seafood spot. I'm not yeah. It's well seasoned. Yeah, they speaking of which you might have to get some of that today. <laughs> you might have to <laughs> get some here. of that today. We are out here. So back to the backstory though. I really mm-hmm. want to know like the backstory of Afro Future because mm-hmm. you I know part of the backstory. You had this vision for um a cultural festival along what year was that? 2015? 2015, yeah. 2015. Cuz I, I remember when we had we were eating dinner at that little place in Soho mm-hmm. and you pulled out a little deck that You I put had. out a deck on My Canva. First, deck. first of all, you knew about Canva. You were the first person I've ever seen use Can- Canva, like ever. I forgot who put me on. You were like, I'm, you were a visionary back in the day because yeah, now Canva is on. integral. But yeah. I remember you showed me the deck in Canva and I was like, what the what app is this? I don't know yeah, what the yeah. fuck this is. Yeah, I mean, honestly and truly, uh, you know, a lot of the things that a lot of people don't realize that really it's just about information. Like the moment you're able to gather information, you're golden. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not, it's not so hard that anybody else can't do it. It's really just about whether or not you actually knowing how to gather the information that you need mm-hmm. and build it with people so that you can continue to get more information. So you could grow. This is in any industry, not just mine. Um, and yeah, I was definitely, I think it was, at the time it was heavy in the group me's. Mm-hmm. The group me's introduced me to a lot of my great friends today. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, we used to be in there and like it also, you know, just kind of chatting away. You never knew who you were speaking to sometimes. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, 
you know, you met. You remember that time, like, um, Made in America? They just made a group chat, and it was like thousands of people in there. It was just mad people that was on their mad way down there. Mad people, and then like it broke up into like little ones. Subsets. And then there was like the group, like the big group, be with thousands of people, like the New York one. The Destiny started. It's like I met so many amazing people in there. And some of those people are driving like a lot of what entertainment is today in mm-hmm. different spaces, in R and B, in poetry, and like. DJ and creating entertainment. That was like an amazing time, like you know. Yeah, because that was what 2013, 2014 too. Yeah, around 2014, 2013, 2014, like around that time, like mm-hmm. when a lot of people started moving to New York. Like you know, a lot of people probably went to school in New York. Mm-hmm. So you know, I'm I'm not from New York, but I'm gonna live here. Those people started creating a new experience. The experience that we were talking about, like mm-hmm. Opal and all that, was our experience when we came home, and we was outside doing the happy hours yeah. and the brunches. We went straight there. Remember, like when it trip, tri- it transitioned from like the happy hours to the brunches. Yeah, because I remember, like everybody was like, "It was a day party, son." I don't, I, I don't know. I remember. When there, there, there was, was like a point a where we were outside every day. Yeah. We started Wednesday at La Palm. Thursday at Honey Lounge. It was something else before Honey Lounge. I forgot what the name was before Honey Lounge, but it was another spot. It was another spot. Fridays at Opal. And then we would either do brunch Even back to the Element days, like, you know, on Fridays. Element, Harlem, what's um, Harlem River? The The one that's Skinny Cantina now. That was the original bottomless brunch. I know exactly what you're talking Harlem, about. Right there Hudson by Terrace. Hudson, Hudson Terrace. Hudson yeah, Terrace. Yeah, that like was that. the original. Was, like, you know, we was outside for, that was different, that changed around like the group me era because mm. a lot more different things started coming in. And then we linked Other up more. Party, and we linked up more. You know what I'm saying? So, I, you know, around that time I met a lot of people and then they were kind of using tools that I needed to kind of like learn how to use. Mm. And I wasn't shy. Like, we was cool. Like, I'm going to ask you like, yo, you know, how do I do this? How do I do that? And I just started asking a lot of my friends and marketing, like, yo, I want to learn how to do this. I want to learn. Mm-hmm. And there were different group me's that were breaking up to do specialized things. Like, you know, there was like Mem Connect came up out of a mm-hmm. group me. And a few other brands came out of a group me's of people just kind of like sharing their things that bring them together. Mm-hmm. And using that as a vehicle to kind of learn things. And that's how I learned about Canva. That's how I learned about, you know, talking to brands. Because I didn't know how to, like, go and get a sponsorship. I used Mm -hmm. to think sponsorship was like, yo, I'm just going to tell them, you know, the sponsor and I put their logo on my flyer. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I quickly realized that that's not enough for brands. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't know if, you know, at that time it wasn't enough for brands because I didn't know anybody. Um, or I just needed to understand what partnership is and, mm-hmm. like, really integrating um, with a partner and then being able to kind of, like, use your vehicle to be able to make sure that they win as well mm-hmm. outside of them just kind of giving you money and putting their logo because that don't mean nothing. That doesn't yeah. change Especially for anything. the big brands. It doesn't show that it, cha- it drives anything to to a win. You have to really show that they can benefit from, like, mm-hmm. spending this money. I didn't know that at the time. You know, and and when people was explaining to me, it sounded like they was talking to me in Chinese, right? I didn't really, I don't, it's a language I don't understand and comprehend. Um, And I I think even maybe as I'm talking, people probably don't comprehend, but it's really just about driving value for each other. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, if I could win and you could win, then it makes more sense if our stories are aligned. And, And really... I learned the all of that has through. To be strategic. I learned all that through group me's. I learned that through the WhatsApp chats and the meeting people and going out to these happy hours and the meetups and things of that nature. Yeah, because we were, we were cool when we had that. We were friends when we had that meeting. Yeah, yeah, yeah we yeah. were friends by then. Yeah. But you were like, yeah, I'm trying to do this event, and I was like, okay. And then we went out to dinner, and you had the whole deck, and 
You were trying to do it in Brooklyn. That was my first deck. No, I was trying to do it in Randall's Island. Randall's no, Island. you. I remember. Oh yeah, no, no, you were yeah, trying to yeah, do yeah, it at yeah, the yeah. well. At the well, you. And right. you were trying to get these big sponsors, my and I was goodness. like, "That is not going to the well." <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I love the well. Yo, like, I used to love the I had, well. I used to have. I had so many. I was sold on the well. There was the well, and then there was this other uh, warehouse location that was so fire and mystic to me. And I honestly and truly like put it here. I'm gonna do something there. You, t- but, I mean. You know, Obviously, but you wanted those huge sponsors, and I was like, "Yo, I don't even know." I didn't know no better back then. Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't know no better back then. I didn't know where to start, so it was really just about um, just being ambitious at the time. And like, I, you know, I'm gonna learn how to do this by talking to people who did it. And like, a lot of people, I didn't know the questions to ask, so they didn't know the answers to give me. But you did ask really good questions. Yeah, I, you know, but at the time, I was really shooting in the dark because I didn't know if I was sounding stupid. Like, you know what I'm saying? Sometimes yeah. a lot of people prevent themselves from like. And asking questions because they don't want to look stupid to people actually they look up to or people that is doing well. Or even their friends. Or even their friends. Like, you know what I mean? But, like, I remember, like, I would muster up the courage to go and ask somebody to help me. Like, you know what I mean? Because it was like, yo, you really got to ask someone if they play you. Like, Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like, yo, if they play me, now it's over. (laughs) Literally. Like. But uh, I used to think, like, but, you know, but it was just kind of like everybody was really gracious. And, like, there were some people that like would sit down to help you a lot of the women you know and some people that would like give you some but not really all like mm-hmm. that you need and you just have to kind of keep putting mm-hmm. it together and for me during that time it was just kind of like gradually putting together what the plan was and uh, i feel like oh okay i got this far there's still a lot more that i need to learn that was in 2015 so 20 2014 2015 i'm like all right cool i got a little bit better i understand the language a little bit better you know, I can do this. Mm-hmm. 2016 is probably the year that I thought it was actually going to happen. Mm-hmm. Like, yo, I could do this. I did all the pricing. I'm like, man, this is pretty expensive. And I'm like, yo, you still got student loans. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you can't, you know, I'm not taking out no yeah, loans. Yeah, because you're doing all this shit out yeah. of pocket. I'm like, I don't want to owe anybody no money. So 2016, I'm like, yo, I got this. Like, this is now a full package. Like, I could like actually do this. Um, but then I was like, all right, America is just way too expensive as mm-hmm. well. And, you know, that year we went to Ghana. You know, it's like you almost kind of give up, but you're not. It's still in the back of your mind. Mm-hmm. Like, I still got this idea. And, you know, Karen's like, yo, we could do this in Ghana. And I'm like, really? Like, you know, I'm like, all right, bet. Let's try it. Like, you know, because everybody on my team that I was doing events with in the city at the time wasn't on board yet. Like, you know, I was still trying to convince them, but they wasn't seeing what I was seeing. Mm-hmm. But Kenny did. And, you know, and then we was just kind of like, all right, cool. Let's do it. And we had seven months to plan, and we just found somebody who was able to kind of be our first PR person. Mm-hmm. I still have like the document she created for us mm-hmm. with the SWOT analysis, you know, the strengths, the weaknesses, the opportunities. Wow, what a time I still, back I still in reference college. It. I still reference it to today just to kind of remind myself like in my mindset when I was like trying to do this. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and we just kept on building it. And because as you plan, we don't have a lot of money. So it's like you have to plan according to your you know, your pockets. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you got to cut your coat according to your size. <laughs> That's what Africans say. Anyway. Um, <laughs> so, like, you have all these ideas, but not all of them is going to hit because you can't afford all of them. So then you Yo, cut off. I I still don't know to this day how you pulled that off. Yeah, you know, I don't know how I did it either. I Honestly, truly, I could explain it, but I can't explain it. Um, <laughs> right? We should go say God did. Yeah, God did, it, you know. Because truly. Yeah. And so, I remember like, when we were at that dinner, you were like, I want to start in America and eventually go, like, do this in Ghana. And I was like, I don't think, I think you might have to do it the other way. And it's so funny because you actually literally had to do it the other way. Yeah, I did it the other like, way. Like, 
you wanted to start in America and go to Ghana, and the real success was back home anyway. Yeah, I mean that was the joy in, in like actually um, just letting it, like letting the journey happen for you, you know, without planning. Uh, because yeah, I prepared, but you know, it was my plan. God had a better plan. Mm-hmm. Like you know what I'm saying, and and I think that's how it worked. You know, we we really just kind of like had an overflow of ideas, and every year we would like add on to it and then you know when people started coming everybody would own it for themselves like yo but i have this idea yo i want to do this with you and Mm -hmm. and one thing about us is our whole goal is this is not just for us Mm -hmm. it's for the community so if the community reaches out and they have an idea and it's great and we could sell it we can do it together Mm -hmm. then let's break bread let's 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 put it together so we're always going to kind of keep collaborating keep opening up the doors so we can allow more people mm-hmm. to kind of utilize our platform to grow theirs in the diaspora, at least the, the global black diaspora. That's our hope. So, as of what was it, twenty twenty two that just passed? How many sponsors did you have? That's a great question. I don't. Um, so many to count. It's a it's a lot of sponsors. Different sponsors in different. In twenty nineteen, it was only like two activations. It was Twitter when I went. It was Twitter's, and I think it was Essence. It was Essence. Essence, yeah. Shea Moisture. Shea Moisture, yes. Shea Moisture, and Twitter have. Yeah, we had two VIP ones. No, yeah, but we, we had we had that Twitter flag flying. Yeah, we had. I don't uh, work there no more, y'all. So I'm, I'm so hyped. <laughs> we had uh, Blackbirds was outside there though. Blackbirds was because let there. me tell you, we was and we had the hashtag that was dope. We, had the we was not playing around like we wanted to be there. I wanted to be there in 2018. Yeah, but. I didn't have enough weight in Twitter. But <laughs> shout out to the people who did mm-hmm. and bought into the vision. But nah, I'm just really thinking about it. And you were like, yeah, I want to have these big sponsors. And I was like, not at the well, nigga. And now look, yeah. they were all I there. still wasn't party at the well, though. The well was, I had some good times. Is the well still open? I thought they closed it, is, it down. It is, it is. It's still open. Oh, I thought I had yeah, already I thought closed so, it I think new management. Uh, but yeah, you know, we've had a lot more sponsors since then. Uh, we've ushered in a lot of companies like Meta, like YouTube, um, like uh, Sony Music, Audio Mac, uh, Fenty Beauty, you know. Yo, the Fenty Beauty one was such a good look. Topicals. Wow. Um, Uber. We worked with a lot of companies. Um, last year, Motor, Motor, Rona Motors in Ghana. Because um, wait, because even yesterday you did something. Um, you did a beauty conversation with Estee yeah, uh, Lauder. Yeah, that was cool. They weren't our partner yet, though. Maybe they'll be our partner this year. We'll see. I mean, maybe, but the, but that's back to what you're saying with the cultural fest. Like, yeah. you literally are touching all the different spaces. We see music, but mm-hmm. you've done a lot with fashion. Yeah. You've done now beauty because you did um, beauty con, right? Yeah, I mean, like knowing your audience is a big deal about it because we know that a lot of our audience are women. Mm-hmm. So creating events to celebrate women is like obvious. Um, it makes a lot more sense, and also like when you think about the composition in Ghana, like in Ghana, the market women are have the most power in the country you know, there are more women creating businesses in ghana and most nigerian african countries than anyone else like you know so catering to them is how you open up the economy okay but i mean it's smart like but now you're actually doing these talks in america like did you when you started this did you see yourself doing all all of this did it look like this to you when you had your vision it didn't quite look like it, it looked something like this, but not as detailed, right? So it was like drawing an outline and then being able to really break it down into, into nuance. Mm-hmm. And I think the practice is like as we're building it, we're, we're actually adding detail to the outline that we built. Mm-hmm. So it's all within the scope. I think that's the best way for me to describe it. I always knew that I wanted it to 
be big. I knew I didn't want it to just be a festival. I knew the festival was going to be a vehicle mm -hmm. for us to be able to open up things that we wanted to do. And, you know, we're going to keep doing Did that. Did you think it would be this big? Like, you had Burn Boy. Yeah. I mean, honestly and truly, we knew that one day we was going to get there. We didn't know that we was going to get there this amount of time. Okay. But we knew we was going to get there. Yeah, we knew we was going to get there. And we had a plan to get there. Look, I love this fest. Yeah, I love I this I say this for us, too, because in my head, I'm part of the Afrofuture team. You are. You are. I don't care what you say. I'm like, um, yeah, I work for Afrofuture, y'all. So. That's a fact. Um, so you always knew it was going to be this big. You just didn't think it was going to be this quick. Because you were working. Mm -hmm. I don't think people realize that you were working when you, up until. Work. You still, wait, you are not still doing that job, everyone. I still work. Abdul, you're not still doing that job. I you told work. me that you were. <laughs> I still work. Abdul, I still work. We gotta hustle, man. We young. We First young. Of all, speak for yourself. I got a knee brace underneath. <laughs> you this. are young. <laughs> These windbreakers. You I'm out young. here like LeBron, and I do not play Everybody basketball. Get hurt, you know, Everybody get, get hurt. Shut up. Everybody get you hurt. You still are working. Niggas get hurt every day, B. First of all. <laughs> 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 no, deadass, you're still working. Yeah, I am. Abdul, I talk to you every day. Yeah, and I work every day. And you, I, I did not know this. Though. Yeah, yeah, I work every day. When I, I mean, saw you last summer, you said, I still consult, but I'm about to stop. I did. I was going to stop, but then, like, I did stop for a couple of months. I stopped for, like, four or five months. And then I got a little bit bored because I had way too much free time. And free time... Like, free time, as I describe it, is different from other people's free time. Yeah, I'm about to say, because I don't see you having free time. Yeah, but as I mentioned, I told you earlier that, like, I like to do everything I need to do, set it up, so mm -hmm. that I could chill while, like, the feedback comes back to me, then I could keep going. Uh, so, my work, I, I was, like, being overbearing with my team also. Like, I was just, like, always on them. Like, everybody. You had too much time on I had hand. too much time on my hand. And I was just kind of, like, I was traveling at some point for no reason, just doing things I didn't need to do. Uh, going places just because I could, because I was free for, for a couple of months. You know, I'd be in bed a lot. I was just like, I just didn't like the trajectory of how it was going to go right now. You felt like it was making you lazy? Not lazy, because I was still was getting work done, like, during that time. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it just wasn't, I didn't feel like it was time for me to quit yet, because I still had more time. I still could, I had enough time to make more money also. And then, like, the company kept recruiting. And, like, the recruitment, the budget just kept getting more and more and more. And, like, it's always going to be a good thing when you get equities. When they send equity offers and they send bonus, signing bonuses and, like, bonuses in a year. Yeah, I'm going to take that. I'm not going to leave that on the table. Meanwhile, me, I mean, I've watched all of TV, <laughs> okay? Yeah, yeah. I've watched Netflix. I've watched Hulu. No, but I man, can that see get that. restless. Honestly, but I, no, but I can see that. I get restless, but I also get complacent. Like, yeah. I, I've made my house very, very comfortable. Yeah. One day you'll actually see it. Yeah, no, I need but... to pull up. I need to pull up. Like honestly, he lives there. My brother lives there, so I don't know why. I must say, I he's been, been to my house and you haven't. I know it's he just right. came to mind, so I, I need to, I need to be over there. A little it's bit okay, more. but I'm, yeah, I, honestly, like I'm just doing that to bother you because I got, <laughs> you gotta be able. But to, I like, can see that because like maximize your time. If I'm on the couch for too long, like when I'm out and I go out with people, or like I go out to work, like I actually go to a WeWork even though I have an office in my apartment. Because I just feel more productive once I get out of the house. Mm. Being at home feels so complacent. So I can, I can see that. I just the thought of you having free time is the nah, the thing that's I not clicking time. to so me. My free, but free time, everybody shows their stuff very differently. My free time was just kind of like I just had a lot of excess time because mm. I wasn't like working eight hours a day, um, and 
I guess the way for so long I have been doing everything I was building around my work schedule, I had gotten into a groove about working in that schedule. So when I had eight hours chunk of not and with nothing to do, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it just kind of felt like it was too much free time, and it was too premature. So I was like, you know what? Like I'm open to it, but then like it was really like the offers just kept getting too good. <laughs> so I'm like, I bet, you know, I, I, at some point I'm going to have to see what's good with this. And I did. That's how I ended up with three jobs. I you love know when I was though. working those three jobs? I do remember. It was a wild time because I was going to say no to one and then the other one threw me the bag. But I also, I like, like, love the job. Though. I love the, the You do love it. Like, I you, do love it. You're excited about the I work. I found that, like, I missed it too. So, like, when they were recruiting me, it felt like, wow, like, it felt good too to be wanted. But you also very... Yeah, everybody wants to be wanted. <laughs> That's another podcast. (laughs) But you did, you were good at what you did though. Mm -hmm. And you were like excited and proud when you like did your work. And it was, it's completely different Mm -hmm. than this. If if anything. No, no, it's not that much different. It's not that much different. You know, I mean, I mean, it's like wise. the actual, in, yeah, the industry, industry is different, wise. but the processes are the same. Like, you know what I'm saying? At least what I have to do. So I'm not doing no bench work. So it's not work where I go in and I mix lab specimens and all of that. It's just mm-hmm. really understanding the technical language mm-hmm. that you're speaking. It's a very different language than the language that I speak when I'm talking to festival and building out, you know, cultural moments and stuff like that. But the processes for managing the project remain the same. So if the processes remain the same, the skill set remains the same. It's just really understanding timeline, understanding how to manage budgets, understand how like to build a team, understanding how to manage time, understanding how to like distribute work, understanding how to drive work. All of those things are some of the things that you do across the board. So yeah, you know, I just speak both languages. I like I speak the language and, and culture and education because that's my passion. Mm-hmm. And then I speak the language and science and, and research because I also love that. That's another one of my passions, and I actually love the work. So do I was like, all right, cool. You know, I'm gonna do both. Do you think that the science helped you with making the music festival, the cultural festival, successful? Um, I think the lessons I learned there and the confidence I built in my science space helped me build the festival. You know, um, I managed, you know, one of the coolest projects I ever worked on in my life was when I worked at um, a cancer hospital, one of the best cancer hospitals in the world. I could say that, MSKCC. It was dope um, because I got to build a regulatory, like, electronic regulatory binder for the entire institution to use. Mm -hmm. Like... Um, and literally, my, it was I had to design the system. I had to work on the operating procedures for everybody across the institution. So doctors, nurses, research assistants, and you know all of these people. I had to make sure that all of their pieces could could work, like it would function across the board. I remember when you did that because you were like gone for like two months because you was yeah. doing. So much work. Yeah. You, you know, like reemerged out of to, nowhere one day. You know, I had to deal with the tech team and like test the system to kind of make sure like it won't break and and really work to write out the policy and the standard operating procedures and present on it to the entire institution and all of that. And, you know, it was, I didn't know I could do that. Mm-hmm. You know, I had a really cool boss and, you know, you know, he, that was probably one of the best bosses I've ever had in my life, honestly, because, you know, Everybody was afraid of him, mm-hmm. but he wasn't a scary dude. But he was like about his business, and he liked things Straight proper. Boy. He liked things very proper. So he challenged me, 
to really be like one of the best me's. And I remember like working for him, I liked it because I always knew that I was learning and I never felt like somebody was trying to play me. Um, <laughs> Yo, you you love making sure nobody's yeah, trying, to play trying to play you. The Aries and he was mad strong. Right? So he, you know, he showed me how to do that. And then, um, and then, you know, the credit was he asked me to create a poster about it, like to mm -hmm. go and present it so that other hospitals around the United States could learn from the system I built. Mm -hmm how we manage regulatory, because, you know, in science, at the time, electronic regulatory binders was something new. I must say, I don't even think people know what that is. Yeah, so, like, you know, all right, so basically you go to the hospital, all your, your secret information is kept in... The HIPAA shit. You know, sometimes they put it in the paper, mm -hmm. you know, they peep in the binders, mm -hmm. or, you know, they lock it in certain places. We were trying to create it for a, a place where it could be secret, it could be safe, it could be, you know audited by like the government but also electronic like you know it was dope you know and i had never done anything in tech it was the first time that i had to connect with people mm -hmm. and work in the kind of tech space and i wrote a poster and i submitted it to one of these conferences and i wasn't like I, I, my paper got selected third place mm -hmm. you know and i got to fly out to chicago and present it and i was like i was like yo i did this like you know it was the first time I felt like I did that. Mm -hmm. Like I know I built it. You know what I mean? But in the company in that company setting, it was like, Oh, that's a cool project. You did that. And it was a big deal for the institution and I know I saved them a lot of money by doing that. I'm like, Well, these are skill sets I could use for myself too. Like, you mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? Managing a project, working with the different teams that I don't have influence over to like move a project forward. Like I learned how to do that by doing those projects and I knew I didn't want to work I just didn't want to work, like, and sit at a desk from 9 to 5 for the rest of my life. And I knew that, you know, it couldn't be the case that you had to work at a company and show up and do the same thing over and over, fighting for promotions every single day without just being able to learn from the skill set. Like, mm -hmm. you know, so if you work at a job and they're offering trainings, I suggest people take them. I took every training you could take. Because that training taught me how to deal with conflict. That training taught me how to write better, taught me how to be a better project manager, taught me how to do all these things. And all of those skill sets allowed me to be able to have the knowledge to build my own thing. So basically, you just call me lazy. I ain't go, you you really just call me lazy. I want you to realize that. No, nah, I don't think you're lazy. I just think that everybody <laughs> nah, has a, I, No, no, no. I am lazy. I know I'm lazy. <laughs> I know I'm lazy. Everybody has a different way of like um, optimizing a situation. Like, I was good at my job. You know, and for me, once I start to get too comfortable uh, in in a space, it, I, I don't know. Something just triggers me to understand that it's time to move, or not trying to move up. See, I'm. That's how but my that's mind the works. that's the reason why. Like, it took me five years to do this podcast. Mm -hmm. I like thought about this five years. Everything kept stopping me. You are just like I said. You're very executionary, and I really admire that because you think it and you like. Now nah, I'm gonna do. It. You put that shit down immediately like you got to put it down on paper though i mean if you have an idea you, you can put it on paper my... i got around the house yeah, <laughs> and then keep building onto it like so for me like there's documents that i wrote in 2012 2010 20 that i still reference because you know i think that's the thing i don't go back to them yeah i, I have I'll so much that. things that i just i'll be cleaning and i'm like oh i wrote this yeah i'll go back because then i could remind myself like about things I, I didn't really think about. And, you know, I, I don't know, I say God a lot, but I do really feel like God is guiding me. So sometimes I would do things and I didn't even understand why I did that. Mm -hmm. But later on down the line, it makes more sense. Like, oh, wow, I can't believe I did that. That showed me how to do this. Um, you know, so 
you know, those that's the way that's the way I've been flowing, honestly. So you told us about all the things that you've done, right? Which again has called me lazy. But um in all of that, like we see the we see the success. We see how big Afrofuture has gotten. We see how you are in these different spaces, beauty con, music, fashion, we see you enjoying life. But obviously there's been challenges. There's been things that we don't see because Instagram and Twitter or whatever the case may be doesn't show the the things that you actually had to overcome to get to the success. What do you think and it doesn't have to be the hardest, it could be the most recent, but like what do you think is just like a really big challenge that you faced and you've learned so much from? Like what was like one of your biggest obstacles that you had to that you've overcome and got past? Um, you know, it's hard to answer that question because I honestly don't know what I'm going to face this year, but every (laughs) single year that I've, um, that I've done this, I've faced a different challenge that felt like a big challenge at that time. Mm -hmm. It felt like such a big challenge until it always feels like such a big challenge until you get over it. Mm -hmm. And then you're like, oh man, that one bit the last one up. Like, you know what I mean? The first year we ever did... Afrochella, the first Afrochella, 2017, maybe two weeks before, we always always about to lose our venue, and like nobody ever knows that, right? So in 2017, we had the festival at um, Accra Polo Club. Mm-hmm. Not Polo Beach Club, but Accra Polo Club. And Accra Polo Club obviously is a members club, um, old money, very nice uh, venue in Accra, it was dope. Um, and, you know, when they got wind of it, you know, that it was going to be like a day party festival type of situation. And like, ah, oh, we don't want that energy over here. So they tried to cancel the event a week before the event. So literally it took us like, you know, lobbying and going to the board meeting and getting everybody. Because at that time we already had people and we didn't have enough time to yeah, switch locations. Leave. But that was a very big thing. Mm-hmm at that time, right? For you to try and get something off and then a week before the event, you are dealing with, you know, changes by the venue. Mm-hmm. We had the same problem when we moved to LWAC. And that one was even a crazier story because like, you know, um, when we moved to LWAC, LWAC Stadium is in a military district. So the military controls the... <laughs> no, the, I didn't know the military controls the The military stadium. controls the stadium because the, sta- the barracks of the military is right behind the stadium. Oh. Right, so, 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 um, at the time, the person who was in charge of the military, for some reason, they didn't really want to give us the venue. So, in, a, in in Ghana, also in Accra, most places they don't want to give you the venue with grass because they they feel like you're gonna mess up the grass. The grass Yo, is gonna get messed up. Foreigners don't like you messing up their fucking you know, grass. My grandmother used to be like, "Please do not have no barbecue yeah. and mess up my, gra- mess Yo. Up my grass." So, like, they don't want to mess up the grass. I'm like, you know what? Like, we're gonna take care of the grass. We're gonna. Um, we're gonna fix the grass. We'll pay for the grass. You know, we had to do a lot of lobbying, right? So we put the grass in the contract. So, anyway, they gave us a deal. We signed the deal. Mm-hmm. We got a letter of confirmation that this spot is ours. Boom! We put up a billboard, right? We put up a billboard. The whole world knows, like, yo, they coming to Ghana. You know, we got the venue, we got the spot, and then they like, nah, you guys event is so big, so now you gotta raise the price. We're like, what are you talking about, like? You know, we got a contract in place. Like, why are you trying to change the contract? So we like, yo, you know, we're not paying. So we kind of like ignored them. Yo, yeah, ignored I love them. Africa. So they like, you can do anything in Ghana, yo. <laughs> yeah, I just ignored right. them. What's up? Right. What? So like two weeks before the event, they sent us a letter. Like, all right, you don't, you guys don't have the venue no more. 
So we're like, what are you talking about? So we're like, yo, we're going to sue. Like, we have the paper. You know, we're shaking them. And, like, we're shaking them, we're shaking them. And we're like, you know what? At this point, we're going to escalate it because, you know, we have the international world coming. They bought the tickets. We advertised it. Mm-hmm. And at that, that year, we was also in, like, a, a flight magazine. Mm. So we couldn't take it back. Like, you know, we're like, yo, you're going to embarrass the country. You know, we had, you know, we had to do a, a whole <laughs> bunch of stuff. embarrass the whole right? of Ghana. So we went to the Ministry of Defense, like, you know, the head of the military, and then they're like, all right, cool, you know. Yeah, we can't embarrass the country. So the Ministry of Defense. Not embarrassing the, the country is actually real. <laughs> That's the real gas. Yeah, like, oh, because like, yeah. let me tell you, one thing foreigners do not like is to be embarrassed. Bar- right? so, like, yo. Whoa, whoa, who said anything about embarrassing? <laughs> Listen, that, man. Anyway, see, they released the venue to us, and then the guy was petty, petty and proud. Yeah, petty <laughs> and proud. <laughs> right. So he's like, "Yo," they're like, "All right, cool. We're not even going to tell you." They didn't tell us that we needed permits for the area in the air, because obviously, if we're going to put up a festival. There's going to be lights that go up in the air. Mm-hmm. So they didn't want to tell us because uh, our festival is also right by the mm-hmm. airport. Yo. So, like, three days. So, literally, Christmas is Tuesday. Mm-hmm. We get a letter Monday, like, yo, you can't use this venue because you didn't get the permit for the for the air. So, like. I feel like I remember you telling me you were scrambling yo, for some permit. So, now we, like, we find out how we got to do the permit, and we now we're stalking the Minister of Aviation. Like, yo, you know, we need a meeting. These people obviously acted in bad faith. They didn't want us to be able to use the venue. So, you know. So literally, we just had a meeting, impromptu meeting. We waited like three hours. Literally, I'm in the car sweating. <laughs> the windows rolled down, sweating. And like, and like nobody really knows these kind of things. Like, but literally, I'm sitting in the car. Me and Kenny, we both sitting in the car, just waiting. And like the airs, you know, the windows open, and you're just sweating, just waiting. Like literally, sleeping there in the car, waiting for the minister to walk by so you could just bum rush. Like I was like, it was kind of wild. Anyway, we sit in the meeting. And I'm and like everybody that's involved, I'm typing out like an agreement between mm-hmm. us and all of them as the meeting is happening. So when you agree on this point, I type it out. We agree on this, type it out. Send an email letter to the to, to the minister's secretary. She prints it out. We all sign it. Yeah. And that's how we got the venue release. So like I, we have worse story. That's like to me. That's like a one two three story. Now. I wish people would understand. Like everybody want to be an event planner. Everyone want to th- throw an event because they see like this popularity around it. They see that it looks fun to do. They want to throw the events that they want to go to. Mm-hmm. They don't realize that when they throw those events, they actually don't get to go to the event. Mm-hmm. Like anything that will go wrong in events does go wrong. Yeah. Like any. That's actually the reason why I don't do events anymore. Yeah, yeah. That stress would. I was getting great. It's very stressful, honestly. I was getting great. It's a high stress area. And you know, it's funny, my grandmother, she told me this year, and like honestly, she didn't I don't know if she knew like how much it meant to me, but she was like, you know, nobody gave you this burden. When you feel like it, you can put it down. <laughs> you told me you that know, in the car. Honestly, the and truly like and I think about it often because it's a hundred percent facts. Like yeah. then, you know, it just reduces the anxiety around it because you realize like you're in control of your own destiny. Like, you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Like you know, it's so crazy to me because, you know, I take it seriously and, you know, I have all these people coming to, to attend and all these brands believe in it. But it's really, it's my, like, I've carried this burden. Mm-hmm. No, like, nobody nobody's forcing me to nobody's feel that way. And, and, and that kind of, like, puts a lot of things in perspective. I think also, like, 
it's always funny when I talk to you about Afrofuture and like work, like when we talk about outside of like our friendship, because and it's we have this conversation, not me and you, but your other friends. Like we be like, Abdul don't realize he's famous. Like we don't, you don't. It's funny <laughs> you're laughing because you still are not no. processing. Like it. And we've talked about this in other rounds, but like, we'll, you're very still in touch with us. You're still talk to your friends. The group chat, he's still in the group chat. But like, when I tell people, I'd be like, oh yeah, my friend Dula, or I like, I'll tell the story about the shoes. While I was wearing the shoes, I was at Afro, um, what was it, Afrotech? I had on the sneakers. And somebody was like, oh yeah, my man made those sneakers. And I was like, what? <laughs> I'm like, yo, you. You know how to and I he was like, Yeah, yeah, my man, you know, he throws Afro Cello, you know. I'm like, Yeah. I was like, Yeah, Dula. And I think when I said Dula, he realized <laughs> that I knew you knew you. And I was like, Yeah, me that's like my brother. Where you know him from? He like, yo, well, we met in passing. And I was like, Got you. <laughs> you know the Drewski video? He's like, Got him. We fucking got him. I was like, yo. And it it's happened so many times. And I it's so funny because I'm be like, yeah, I'm a cool kid from the Bronx. And I'm like, I'm glad. I'm actually very appreciative that you are still like, so it says down to earth. It sounds weird saying that. Yeah, honestly, like, I mean, I'm just like myself. This is how I feel. Like, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, I, you know, I always find it weird when people like try to feel like something else. Or at least people get the impression that people are trying to feel like something else. Mm-hmm. Like, the way I show up is how I feel. Like, you know what I mean? And I always knew that if I didn't feel good about it, then it's not a good way for me to show up. And mm. I always want to show up exactly how I feel inside. Like, you know, if I'm feeling like today I want to be cool with everybody, I'm going to be cool with everybody. If I'm feeling like today I just want to be by myself, I'm going to be by myself. And I think that when you control it like that and you just kind of live honest and, gen- and, and righteously, you'll be good. I mean... You know I'm forever gonna cut your ass. Like I don't care. As you should. Please don't stop. I was about to say I don't care how fake you could be with Obama. I'm still cutting your ass. Please don't stop. Please don't stop. (laughs) Don't you don't have to worry about that. Told Obama hit the line though. (laughs) (laughs) We all told God about. If Obama came to Ghana, the way we are going to embarrass you, he will never come back. (laughs) We. All West Indian parents have a little shrine to Obama, and they (laughs) African parents too. No, like. I have four Obama shirts right now because that's what my family gave me for Christmas the year Obama got elected. So they were like, here's she, here's Obama shirts for when he, for when the inauguration happened. And they were so proud to give me these shirts. You would have thought they gave me a Chanel bag. They I were, they, they, they wrapped, they did. They, they did. did. Obama's picture is actually next to my graduation yeah, picture. I, still, I got a newspaper for when he won. I got a bunch of stuff. Like, we do. You know my homegirl doing an magazine. event. We do an event for when he actually left. We I was do a online goodbye when he Obama won the first event. Time, though. Huh? When he first when he first um, became president, I was online. Damn. Yeah, it was kind of whack. I wasn't watching TV. <laughs> I knew he, I knew he was gonna be president one day because I was following him in politics, mm-hmm. like when he was a senator. But like when he was going through the campaign, all I was pledging, I didn't really see none of that stuff. It, it pissed me off a little bit. That <laughs> it pissed me off. Of, it pissed me but off look how way. look how much uh, Sigma yeah, is know, giving man. you. I, yeah, Sigma is giving me a whole lot, man. I'm not gonna lie. Shout out to the bros, Bufa. You know. Listen, <laughs> I still be. I still move out. All y'all went back that ass. You know, as, as you should. 
I ain't sure. I haven't seen you stroll. I'm about to say I haven't seen you But you know, at the time I was that guy. I was that guy. Yeah, you were strolling, strolling. I was strolling back then. Damn, that was a good time. What happened, son? What's up, man? Shout out to the Greeks, man. What's where you at, man? What's going on? Let's bring it back. I don't know about you, but I've been outside since I was 15. I've been outside a long time. 23 years of being outside. But we was outside in the Bronx. We was going to spots like Golden Stool. Yeah, I was going to Club Deep in Mount Vernon. Why was I Club Deep at 15? With you a know. fake ID. I didn't even need a fake ID. Niggas was just like, yeah, you, you inside. Was like, in you parties, got. Man. I used to go to the house parties. The house, house parties? parties? I, no, I remember being stuck in the projects trying to figure out how I'm going to get out. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I would never. I, I would have to go to, like, guys' houses, the projects, because yeah. nobody can come to my house. Like, oh, there was always yo. somebody in my house. I used like, to have yo. to. You know what it was like being <laughs> 16? I think people don't realize what it feels like to, like, Try and plan your way out the project. Because yeah. I've always been like, I'm cool with going to a spot by myself. Which is so bad. Like, you know, but I realize that now that I'm saying, think about it, like, even back then, I would go to a party of the projects by myself. We but now it's like, getting out the projects ain't easy. Yo, it, go, it's so <laughs> you funny because getting staircase, out the projects food. for guys isn't easy, but going in the projects for a girl is, because it's the hard part. Because now you got to walk past all the niggas. You out here like, they're like, who you here to see, ma? But you know, sometimes either the nigga, the nigga will walk you out if you go to see a nigga. But you, when you walk it in, you like looking crazy. And then it, don't let one of his bitches be outside. One of his old joints. Nah, this was a we. This is what I'm talking about. Like for me, if I say I'm from New York, like it's a real thing. Like it's like I have. <laughs> War stories. Yeah, you can't yeah, absolutely. God well, again, uh, thank God for grace and discernment. But back in the day, you could get it. It was shaking anywhere on the train, the mm-hmm. bus. You could go between schools. It was just, it was bad, man. Literally, one it of the bad. first high school life in the Bronx skills was crazy. One of the first life skills I realized I was like, yo, one of the first things I was like, I need to teach myself was how to put a razor in my mouth. Like that was the thing yo, I was like, damn. That was my to- fear was like getting a buck fifty. A buck fifty. I was scared of a I buck I just need 50. y'all, first of all, shout out to Sharon and David and God for these jeans. Imagine a buck fifty. This was my worst fit. Anything but yeah, my face. I was, I was so nervous Anything but my face. that I was going to get that sliced. Was that Yo, was a real one. That was a real one. The first rule of fighting was never fight an ugly girl because the first thing she's going to do is go for your face if yeah, you're cute. I, always, I never fought nobody. I'd be like, you got it. I used to Call always, me You got it. I used to always be afraid of like, yo, you can get sliced. Uh, but because, and the thing is now it's guns, but like it wasn't like that when we were growing up. Like imagine, yo, it was like buck fifties. People don't get buck fifties like that no more. I don't think nobody get buck fifties no yeah. more. Back in the day, it was like, I get a buck fifty. You see people with like big scars. Big, I'm like, yo, man, this guy's dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> like, as soon as you saw somebody as with a scar you, like that, you knew that it was like, dangerous. Yeah, this, this wow, dangerous. the little cut under y'all. The nigga could have fell right in the bike, but as soon as you see that scar, like, oh, he's dangerous, he's dangerous. Whoa, I do not fuck with that nigga. Please, yeah. keep, keep him away from Yo, me. back in the day, man, wild. Wow. But yes, New York, I mean, man. New York was a good time. I'm, it was crazy. You know, you've come a very long way. It makes me proud and it's very inspiring to see how much you put on for your culture. Like, I talk about, like, how proud I am to be West Indian all the time. But, like, when I talk to my friends about, like, things that we want to do for, like, Caribbean culture, I always reference, like, look what Abdul's done for, like, just African culture in general. Like, you've put... There's so many, like... I feel like even artists that you're bringing awareness to, whether you just tweet about them in one line because people are paying attention, you put them on the stage, people are going... Not, there has been 
no way that that many people have been going to Africa in general. And you brought all those people back to like home. Mm -hmm. Like I remember being, I remember trying to get my visa. <laughs> shout out to who was the guy that came? Aaron. Aaron. Yo, shout Riches. out to Aaron. Aaron really got me my stuff because I was I bought my ticket to Ghana like three weeks before. I it was a shaky time for me, but I bought my ticket. He got my passport, he got my visa. And I remember they were saying like on a regular basis, like before Afrochella, like they probably give out like maybe seven thousand to ten thousand visas. Yeah, it was like um, a, a Christmas in twenty nineteen. It was on average about a hundred hundred thousand visas a year. And the year of 2019, it they was gave like out one million. They gave, it was one million. Million, a little one million plus. And oh, my stats is off. Then shout out to you for knowing the real ones because my stats was off. It was crazy. Just for Christmas of 2019. Yeah, just for, for year no, return. for the whole year of 2019. Oh, 2019. Yeah. Okay. So to go from 100,000 all year to one to one million is it's wild. Tenfold, yeah. And then that, you know, in that year, 16% of the reason why they were there is because Afro Chella. You know yeah. I mean? And the thing is, I mean, that's a humble brag right there. It, a little bit. But 16%. it's not. You should be humble about that no. though. Like you have brought people who have never even thought that going home or not even knowing what going home. And I I say Africa's home because obviously yeah. everything, but. People who didn't even think that it was a possibility or it was accessible or didn't know what to do when they got out there, like, you've provided a safe space for them to go and be able to touch grass of where their ancestors came from. And I think that is, like, such a beautiful thing. Mm -hmm. Thank like, you. Thank so you. So that's why, even as someone who is not your friend and is very proud of you. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. That means a lot. That means a lot. A whole lot, actually. You're the best. Are you proud of yourself? I'm That's very actually proud of myself, <laughs> look at you doing the emoji. You know. You're so cool. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm very proud of myself. Honestly, like I, I sit back and I think about it. You know, you just know, like you could tell when you're progressing because you know where you at. Like you know what I mean. I remember, you know, all my friends had Pradas, and I'm like, damn, you know, I need some Pradas. My mom was definitely not buying me no Pradas. You know, my dad was not buying me no Pradas. I remember, you know, I remember gambling my. My Mori money on Fordham Road, <laughs> trying to play three car Monty, yeah. <laughs> you know, and like Ooh. losing the whole bag. Like, damn, I'm really gonna show up to prom with no Moris. Like, you know, you like, damn, you know, I try to get, you know, I try to upgrade from the Moris to to the Phoenix. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, you know, all right, I got, a little, I got a couple hundred dollars. Let me play three car Monty. That's why nobody should ever gamble, honestly. <laughs> You know what I mean? Not this but life, luckily, especially on Fordham Road. Right on Fordham Road. Especially so I called my auntie. I had to go, oh man, shout out to her. I'm like, auntie, they just took my money on Fordham Road. <laughs> I don't got no shoes. <laughs> she saved, she held it down. I'm not even going to lie, got me my mores. I didn't tell, I haven't told many people that story. But like, you know, like, till now, like, you know, the other day, I just, you know, now I'm just able to buy things. I'm able to do things. And, and not because of Afro future, but just kind of like where I am in life, mm -hmm. like, you know without even, like, thinking about it. Like, you know what I mean? And um, that tells me growth. Or, like, if my brothers or my sisters or somebody needs something, like, you know, I'm able to support it. Those kind of things are very big blessings. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that is how I gauge where I'm at in my life. Not by, like, you know, you know everything I'm doing. Just kind of being able to be a resource to my family and friends and being able to kind of do things for myself that I once couldn't. Those those are the things that kind of keep me going. Do you think you're successful? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I do think I'm successful. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You I mean, I think I mean, but success is a state of mind. Like you know what I'm saying? Like, it's relative. You know, That's why um, I asked you. You think you're yeah. Successful. Success is a state of mind. I think that uh, you know, 
um, I, I'm, I'm pretty successful. Like, you know what I mean? My parents are proud of me. I got good health. Like, you know, my, my family is proud of me. I have good relationships with my family, my friends. My country is proud of me. My borough is proud of me. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I have almost everything I, I want in life. You know, I just want, you know, I'm ready to, you know, maybe family and kids coming soon, you know, <laughs> a little I'm bit of, a little bit of that, I'm you know, not having this conversation you know, with you, you know, build camera. a deeper relationship with God. Like, you know what I mean? That, you know, obviously I know that there are levels to get to, but you know, I'm very proud of the journey that I've gone. And I know that it only motivates me to keep going. Mm. Like, you know what I mean? I know the sunset is not there yet. And, you know, now I'm just trying to be more, um, I guess, uh, thoughtful about my plan, how I measure success, mm -hmm. you know, determine what an end, end point looks like for myself so that, like, I don't feel the anxiety. You know, anxiety is really around us, like, you know, trying to do things, trying to do things, like, just kind of realize, and, like, all right, cool, what is, like, my goal? What is the target? Like, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? You know, and not allow myself to feel like, all right, cool, like, this was cool, like, how can I bite this one up? Like, you mm -hmm. know, I want to definitely get to a place where I could get over that. Like, you know what I'm saying? But outside of that, like, yeah, I feel I'm very successful. Like, I, I feel very, very blessed. Like, you have you know, a, you literally have a, I'm wearing your shoe from Nike. That's fire. You know, like, you know, God did. I have to use the good knee. <laughs> That's a good design. <laughs> it is a, a good design. design. You know, um, yeah, I'm, I'm very blessed. You know, I'm, I'm thankful for, for where I'm at. You know what I mean? I still got my challenges, you know, and, you know, this is a part of the growth. God is showing me how to overcome. Well, just so you know, we are very proud of you as well, your friends. Thank you so much. Um, we know that you're going to be in history books. Like, that's actually Inshallah. the wild part. Inshallah. God willing. I I could put money on that. I ain't got a lot, <laughs> but I can put some money on that. Um, okay, so that's it. We are wrapped. Please tell the people where they can find you and where they can find what's next for you in Afro future. Oh man, we outside all the time. You know what I mean? I'll be around. <laughs> Between I'm... Ghana, New York City, New Jersey, East Coast, West Coast, we outside. <laughs> nah, um, Uptown, downtown. Yeah. <laughs> Uptown, all right. Uh, we could definitely, um, uh, you can find me online, afrochella.com is ending very, very soon. Afrofuture.com is live. Mm -hmm. Holla at me. <laughs> at Afrofuture. At Afrofuture on Instagram, on Twitter, uh, on YouTube, on Pinterest. Oh, yeah. On Bevo. Wow. On LinkedIn. Wow. <laughs> Look at all the platforms. Every On even, Twitch. <laughs> I didn't even know that y'all had a Pinterest. On Apple Music. You know, we outside. Like, we have a, a little bit of all of that. You know, if you want to get your playlist popping. See us on Apple Music. You want the exclusive content? We on Vivo. You want the live streams coming? It's on Twitch. I didn't <laughs> even know about all this. We I'm all like, that. we all go, we all that. You know, we about to, we about to go worldwide. You know, we about to show it, show it, show it. Y'all are not going. We about to show the content. We about to show the content that we've been capturing over the past couple of years, and um, I'm excited for people to kind of look at it and use it as a mood board for us to continue to build what, what you know, what the Afro future looks like for the whole Black diaspora. Mm -hmm. I love that class. And when we at the well, and you see me um, in VIP acting up, please, everybody, back regular. Be outside. You <laughs> know what I mean? Okay, so that is, I don't even know what episode this is. Six? I don't know. Six, no. Yeah, six. Okay. Shout out to Sean, the producer. <laughs> Shout out to Sean, the producer. Shout out to. Be outside. Shout out to the settings, man. You see this? You see this drip back here? <laughs> yes. Goodness. PBA, Ty is on a call, but PBA holds us down. Uh, this is episode six of Take the L podcast. You can find, I don't have all those platforms. You can find us on Instagram at Take the L. 
um, wherever you listen to podcasts. And when I say wherever, I mean only Spotify and Apple. <laughs> and you can find us on YouTube. Abdul, I love you. Thank you for Dude, joining. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Love you back. Yes. Yeah.